Hello and welcome to the next episode of Tales Under the Big Top. What's this, number two? Number two. We're flying. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, first of all, thank you to the 77 subscribers who have joined our uh, YouTube page so far. That's pretty good going for, for a week, isn't it's pre- it? It's, it's pretty good. I'm quite happy with that, yeah. And obviously, <laughs> thanks to those who have listened on anywhere you can get your podcasts from. We are on pretty much every platform now. Is that right? I think so. I think we're active everywhere now. We're active everywhere. Excellent. Progress. And today we've got another show for you where we're going to try and share some uh, some articles that I've gathered this week. Yeah, I don't have anything. You have nothing. You well, no, one of yours is one that I found. That's true. We do have some common ground. But the thing is, I'm looking through these and I'm thinking I've, um, I've gone more depressing than funny. Oh, great. <laughs> I can't help it. I'm a conspiracy theorist. It's just I lean more towards doom and gloom than... Then ridiculous and funny, but there's still. I think there's. I think we'll find some humour in this. I think we'll find some humour in this. I'm a bit concerned about one of them being from the Independent. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, there's a reason I chose that. But you'll you'll see, right? So, I think we should open up. This is, oh, it's that one. I've yeah, seen that yeah, one. Yeah, so this is a story that people have been asking me about on my channel, and and I haven't really looked into it until yesterday because I thought, you know, what, I'll look into this article, this news article going around everywhere right now. About a tree that was cut down along Hadrian's Wall. It's known as the Sycamore Gap Tree. Have you heard of this? I've never heard of the tree, but I do just want to add today, I don't know where, but someone has made a crochet version of the tree and put it somewhere. Yeah, the nation The nation is reeling at this They point. are. This is so sad and I've never heard of this tree in my life. <laughs> well, this is the thing. Yeah, the whole, the whole country is in an absolute outrage and uproar. That somebody had the audacity. To <laughs> you'd think, <laughs> you'd think the queen had died. Yeah, to take a chainsaw, and do a, a lovely cut. By the way, really well done. <laughs> just in <Right>. that picture. <laughs> just in that picture of the like police car, whoever he is, coming out with the chainsaw in his hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is the thing. Like the, the plot thickens day by day with this. They're on, they're on the hunt for the sycamore tree murderer, right? And. Um, the sycamore tree murderer. <laughs> <laughs> and people are leaving like candlelight vigils and, no, they're not. and writing poems to the tree they and all this not. sort of thing. Yeah, like, and all the celebrities are coming out in mass uh, talking about the outrage. Everyone's saying, oh, that's been there for generations. I walked along so that So have wall. most trees. It's like, like uh, I used to hug the wall. My children hug the, hug, like, the tree along the wall. And now my grandchildren used to walk along that. And hug. now, now who, who are their children? What are their children going to do? Find they're, a new tree. <laughs> they're going to walk along Hadrian's is wall. This, is this tree like my depression from Frankie and Benny's going bust? <laughs> and us not having Frankie and Benny's in Preston? It's a big deal to those in the area. Yeah, like this is like a, a staple. It's, it's a symbol. It's a symbol, shall we say. So let's go to the article here. This one is from The Independent, and it's everything we know about the Sycamore <laughs> Gap Tree. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so let's, 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 shall we listen to this Harry Bikers clip here on, on the Sycamore Gap Tree? All right. Hello, everyone. Um, I've just been made aware that uh, that we've lost the Sycamore at Sycamore Gap. Uh, somebody has felled it, apparently. Um, well, I hope whoever's done that has... Uh, as a conscience, because uh, you've just murdered a sentinel of time and elemental spirit of Northumberland. And I hope you feel really good about yourself. For whatever warped reason you've done it, it's shocking. 
Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> he looks, he looks devastated. Who is this? It's the, it's the, the hairy bikers. Are they, they're like, is chef, it a, it's the like chefs a, or something, aren't they? Yeah, I don't even know. I think there are a couple of like but, fat bearded guys <laughs> go around the UK on bikes and, and make food in places. I'm just that. confused about like, I hope you feel really good about it. <laughs> and what's got me thinking now is, how much time is this guy getting in prison for cutting it down? Well, let's read on. Let's read on. So, who cut it down and can the sycamore gap tree be saved? Isn't it dead? Well, this is the thing. Those are the questions still at the forefront of the minds of tree lovers everywhere, from Northumberland to Newquay, some four days after the iconic maple was chopped down. So, uh, oh, bugger. No, press I'll try later. I'll try later, yeah. There we go. Distraught celebrities and politicians were among those to express their outrage at the felling of the iconic tree, described by police as a deliberate act of vandalism. Is it vandalism? <sighs> Cutting I mean, a tree down? They haven't exactly defaced anything, That's what I have mean. they? Yeah, I suppose How is that vandalism? And I mean, is me, for example, I don't know, pulling up a bush... <laughs> no one would consider that vandalism in a forest equally a random act of vandalism as chopping down a tree is it does it matter how big the the the, the foliage is is that what it comes down to at the end of the day i don't know i don't know anyway it says here here's everything we know so far as officers continue to hunt for the culprit why is the tree so significant so the tree believed to be one of the most photographed in the country used to sit in a gap along hadrian's wall a UNESCO World Heritage Site in rural Northumberland and was a popular hotspot for tourists, walkers and others. Who are the others? Tourists, <laughs> walkers and others. Who are the others? <laughs> that's, a, that, that's an ominous... <laughs> and <laughs> others. What does that mean? Maybe that's an Aliens? episode... Aliens? I think that's an episode for another time. Anyway, it's believed to have dated back to medieval times, has been excavated on two occasions, between 1908 and 1911, and again between 1982 and 1987, when Roman remains linked to Hadrian's Wall were found. The sycamore perhaps first became known to the globe after featuring in the film Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, starring Kevin Costner, Morgan Freeman... And Alan Rickman. I love Alan Rickman. Yeah, well, there's a nice little photo of the tree with a wide-angled lens there. you got kids playing on the wall, right. pointing towards Not it. Not to be a downer, but isn't that just a tree? It is just a tree. It's not a particular big tree, either. No, that's what I'm saying. It's not <laughs> even that big. I feel like I could... Round the corner from us, there's loads of trees. I feel like they all look pretty much Oh, I, I've seen some bigger trees in my time. I'm not going to lie. Uh, when was it cut down? Reports first emerged that the tree had been felled overnight <laughs> on the 27th of September, with Northumberland police vowing to bring those responsible to justice. What's that kid's book that Henry has? That, um, the paper airplane one with the burr. Yeah. The birds chopping down the trees to make paper airplanes. The great paper caper. The great paper caper. This is what this is reminding me this of. Is, yeah. it's, it's a very British book as well, wasn't it? Yeah. And they really went all out to try and find out who's cutting down the branches off these <laughs> yeah. trees. And this this is, it does seem like a child's storybook, That's doesn't it? The way it says, reports first emerged that the tree had been felled overnight. It's the same as that book. Yeah, so the life is becoming a parody here, isn't it, <laughs> of a children's uh, cartoon? It's written in the same manner. So the National Trust, which manages the land where the tree stood, said it was shocked and saddened to learn of the news. 
It subsequently closed the site where the tree was located. So who did it? Police arrested a man aged in his 60s on Friday on suspicion of criminal damage, but he has since been released pending further inquiries. Do you mean criminal damage? A relative post, sorry, a relative posted a picture of the retired lumberjack at home with his grandson as they denied his involvement in the felling. A boy, 16, who was also arrested on suspicion of criminal damage on Thursday, was later released on bail. On Sunday, reports said officers seized a chainsaw <laughs> near the site where the tree was cut down. So it says here, can the tree be regrown or will it have to be replaced? Andrew Pode of the National Trust pointed to the health of the three. What? Health of the tree. Is that a typo? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's a typo. <laughs> well done, independent. Anyway, let's try that again. Andrew Pode of the National Trust pointed to the health of the tree as one reason to believe it could be regrown. It's a very healthy tree. <laughs> we can see that now because of the condition of the stump, he told the BBC. It may well regrow a coppice from the stump. And if we could nurture that, then that might be one of the best outcomes. And then we get to keep the tree. We get to keep the tree! (laughs) But any efforts to regrow the tree is likely to take hundreds of years. According to Mark Feather, UK estate manager for conservation charity and Woodland Trust, he told of his upset and warned that while it took minutes to cut down the tree... It could take literally centuries to grow back. Yeah, and before then, the thingy could happen. The rapture. <laughs> the Mr. State's the obvious over here. <laughs> Did he get paid a lot of money to tell us? You know, it takes seconds to chop down a tree, and it takes about 100 years for it to grow back. <laughs> we might never see it. He added that even though there's a chance of regrowth, this is not guaranteed, especially because of the great age and size of the tree. Hopefully it will, he said, but it's not to give a certainty. Time will tell. <laughs> Then, if the sycamore gap tree does succeed in re-sprouting, he said this is unlikely it would return to a former statuesque shape and would instead probably become a bushy tree with multiple stems at the base. This is, the more I'm reading this, the more I'm thinking, like, this is just so strange that this has become news, isn't it? Every time... And, you know, they get their experts in, don't they? And they've got an expert in to tell us that, well, that tree stump may, may become a bush. <laughs> Thank you, experts. Back to you. (laughs) Back to you. (laughs) The woman who wrote a poem was among those to have said to pay tribute to the tree, describing it as a sentinel of time. So this woman wrote a poem and described it as a sentinel of time. And then that celebrity from the Harry Bikers we saw says, it was a sentinel of time. (laughs) So they're using the same words now. Do you know, the more we read into this, the more I just wonder, what's the news like in other countries? Because I feel like every time I read the news here, I'm like, why are we talking about this? Exactly. (laughs) Why are we talking about this? Why do we need to know? So it says here, Laura Charlton says she wrote the poem, An Ode to a Sycamore Tree. To try to capture the recklessness of the actions and the sense of bereavement the locals are feeling. Do you know in about 10 years' time, kids studying GCSE English will be studying this poem? <laughs> you know it with part of the What do you think she here. meant? <laughs> this is going to be part of the curriculum in no time, you can tell you. The birds sing their morning song, wind dances through the leaves, almost just as it once was, yet Northumberland. Oh my God. It's bereaved. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> It read. (laughs) (laughs) Residents across the UK, not just Northumberland, have been expressing their anger at the felling of the three. Is it? No, is that a thing? Are we missing something? Is felling of the three like a thing? 
Surely they've not done that twice. No, I think it's just a typo. At the felling of the tree. Stephen Gallen from Castle Derg at Colterone? No idea. Northern Ireland? I don't know, some Irish word. In Northern Ireland said it was horrifying that someone could destroy something as beautiful as the tree on Hadrian's Wall. He also shared a picture of a stunning sycamore tree in his hometown. It's like, huh, well, we still got Yeah, one. but that one's got a tire <laughs> swing look. Theirs is better. Yeah. Ireland has a better sycamore tree than we did. <laughs> oh my gosh, there's been fundraisers set up. So yeah, fundraising efforts are set up by well-wishers who want to see the area where the tree stood rejuvenated. Some locals have complained that the area around Hadrian's Wall had been overfarmed with sheep, often roaming the fields where it stands. One fundraiser which plans to give funds to the National Trust has raised nearly £5,000 as of Monday God afternoon. forbid sheep are roaming around fields. <laughs> That's selfish bloody sheep. Who do they think they are? I mean, grazing. why is that a bad thing? <laughs> Basking and grazing in the sycamore's glory. Yeah, my big takeaway from this is, uh, why is this important? I've never heard of this tree in my entire existence. And if they can't find who cut down a tree, what hope do we have in this country for any actual crime? <laughs> that's, a, that's another very good point, the failing to find somebody who chopped down this tree. So, anyway, this, this is this is interesting. This is the man who was accused of chopping it down, okay? Oh, is he, has he done a statement? They've found him, they've talked to him, and, and the accused is an almost 70-year-old man of doing this who can barely walk. Okay, so let's read. Oh, <laughs> hang on a minute. Just because he can barely walk doesn't mean he can't cut down a tree. Well, well, let's just read this because it's interesting. Let's make our own decision. We, we can become detectives for one podcast here. So it says here, Walter Renwick, who lives just eight miles from where the tree used to stand, was arrested on Friday night after the famous 300-year-old tree was chopped down on Thursday. He and a 16-year-old boy who had previously been arrested were later released while police continued to investigate. Local rumours had linked the pensioner with the tree felling because of his former profession and because he had recently been evicted from his property. But Mr Renwick, 69, said he was not stupid enough to cut down the tree. Relatives said he wasn't in good enough health to commit the crime. What crime? <laughs> this is a picture here. What's he doing? Is he measuring the stump? Maybe. Got some police officer there just stood around. Oh, it does the stump. look like a healthy stump, though, doesn't it? <laughs> that does look like a healthy stump. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. The speculation is bloody ridiculous, says Mister Renwick. Told the Mail, "I'll tell you this much: I wouldn't be so sad to do that. It was a lovely tree, an iconic tree, but I mean to go up there and cut that down. I'm not that stupid." He added, "It makes it sound like me, doesn't it? Because it was such a good cut," he said, referring to the clean way the tree had been cut down. It was dark, obviously. But it was a lovely moonlit night. The cut was brilliant. <laughs> when I say brilliant, you can tell a good lumberjack by the way he cuts the tree down. I haven't seen the cut, obviously, but I have seen it on the computer. <laughs> <laughs> we've got to, I'm sorry, we've got to insert this next picture because this is like a major crime scene. You'd think someone had died. What are they doing? They've got gloves on. Do you know what? Is he even wearing a mask? What's going on here? And what's she doing? I have no idea. She's posing next to it. While it what? We're going to have to insert that picture because that's like... It's it's serious stuff, okay? Yeah, this is like saying. CSI. But look at that cut. Isn't that nice? <laughs> it's a nice Isn't cut. That, no, like I can't thing. wait until they discover that a 14-year-old kid did it. That was done by a professional. All right. It says here, so Mr. Renwick said, my chainsaw's down here by the barn door. <laughs> 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 but you can see that it hasn't been used for ages. 
The world-famous tree had stood in a dip along Hadrian's Wall in Northumberland for 300 years before it was chopped down with a chainsaw on Wednesday night. The felling of the tree, which featured in 1991, I love saying this Robin Hood film, Prince of Thieves, don't they? Has sparked outrage with authorities calling it a deliberate act of vandalism. So detectives continued to blah, blah, blah. Detectives. The thing is, it says here, it was definitely done by a professional who knew what they were doing because it was on a windy night during 83 mile per hour Storm Agnes, which would possibly have disguised the sounds of the chainsaw. Ooh. Ooh so... Yeah, so, yet again, I will say, I cannot wait for them to find out a teenager did it. <laughs> well, a close relative has said, there's no way Walter could have done this. He absolutely loves the land. He lives for the land. What does that mean? <laughs> No. He's really not well enough to do anything like that. Walter is on loads of different medications for various conditions. He'd rather starve than leave the house to get food. Mr. Renwick's younger brother Colin said, I know 100% he's not done it. I'm utterly convinced he has not done it. This has been nothing more than a trial by Facebook. <laughs> Stop putting the accent on. I went down to see him the other night, and when I read his name on Facebook, I said, tell me you didn't do this. And he said, what the hell do you think I am? Of course I didn't do it. That is not the accent they'll have. I don't know, it's some, some northern accent, isn't it? Mr. Renwick learned he was suspected of cutting the tree down when his brother visited him and said, I'm pleased to see you're still here. He then said the tree had been cut down that everybody's pointing the finger at you. Mr. Renwick used to run uh, the Plankley Mill Farm and campsite, but was recently evicted by his landlords, the Jesuits, who are a Catholic order. Now, this is where things get weird. Okay, right. Now, the Jesuits, in conspiracy circles, they're big, big players. They're like... <laughs> Up there with the Illuminati. So hang on, right? Hang they... on. This is all no, no. Let's take pause here. This has all been a ruse, so you can discuss conspiracy, has it? No, no. But I do find it as somebody who knows a thing or two about conspiracy theories that the Jesuits. If you do say so yourself, that the Jesuits are somehow involved, and they evicted this man recently, kicked him off his farm, and now it looks like they're framing him for cutting down a tree. But. <laughs> But I don't, I don't understand. Why would they care about a tree, though? I have no idea. But still, the Jesuits are involved. <laughs> I... Conspiracy confirmed. So the thing is, like, what, what, forget all that. Why did they accuse instantly this old pensioner? Well, this is what I was about to say. Why was it automatically him just because he owned a, a chainsaw? Well, people were arguing he had a beef, basically, with... with um, Clearly the Jesuits here or something. But people were originally saying with the council of the area because he'd been evicted from his property. Um, so it was like to get revenge, he basically cut down this I mean, national enough. heritage tree. That's what I initially heard. But when I'm reading these articles, it's like apparently a Jesuit or Catholic order kicked him off his land, a, plank, a campsite he used to run nearby. Which is interesting. So why... Uh, but still, the cutting down of this tree is bizarre that it's, it's suddenly just become national news. It makes me wonder, what are they trying to hide from us? That's what I always <laughs> wonder. Every time there's a big news story, I'm like, okay, what's really happening right now? What are we missing? Yeah, and it seems like everyone's already got the script out. What is it? It's a, it's a sentinel of time. It's a, it's a felling of the tree. <laughs> it's a, no, it's a sentinel of time, don't you know? That's, that's what everyone's calling it. No, they keep saying it. felling of the tree. <laughs> and the felling of the tree, yeah. In in here, so either way, this is this is a big deal, and the hunt is still to on. to the UK and the UK only. Yeah, the hunt is still on though for the for the murderer of the second one. The murderer of this. And uh, I think we'll have to follow this story more as time goes. I on. don't. I uh, I've never even heard of this truth in my entire existence. <laughs> no. It cannot be that important. Yeah, well, it's it's the most important. 
It's not, though, is it? It is. Have you not read the news? There isn't... So, The Guardian spoke upon this. Oh, there's more? <laughs> hey, The Guardian spoke upon this, and I thought it was interesting. Did that just say mourn? Yes. So, this artist, Rob Cohen, sorry, this artist, this writer, Rob Cohen, said, I mourn the sycamore gap tree, but I also grieve for whoever chopped it down. And then let's go on to What is this? <laughs> oh, we're not so, going to read well, all this. The thing is, we? he writes some, some airy fairy nonsense, basically saying everything else that we've already read. So, I'll skip all that, you know. He explains what's happened, and then he says, he starts making it about climate change, which is typical Guardian <sighs> fashion. <laughs> Yeah, I know. So it says here, the fate of the sycamore gap tree is tragically symbolic of a society that has become utterly disconnected from and uninterested in the natural and non-human world. There is a bitter irony to the fact that on the same day the tree was cut down, the National Trust unveiled its own grim news, a report on the state of nature in Britain. It showed our country as one of the most nature-depleted on the planet with a 19% decline in abundance of species studies since 1970. Species studies? Studied uh, studied since, sorry. So we have less species studied. It, less species in the country since it was last studied in the, in the 70s. Okay. A population of species has declined. Well, maybe if we stop building houses. Well, that, is that true? Live. Well, maybe if they stop flooding our country with people who want to get into these houses, then maybe we'll need to build. That's, that's no, 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 no. <laughs> Rishi Sunak is he's taking charge of that. We just heard. Let's just wait and see what he does then. Yeah, fair enough. But moving on to this tree, the important stuff, right? <laughs> <laughs> to put it mildly, already beyond bleak after centuries of consistent degradation and persecution of nature and decades of mass usage of insecticides such as DDTs in farming. And it says it says something deeply troubling um, about the vandalism of the sycamore gap tree. Uh, we exist in a climate and biodiversity emergency. We are apathetic overseers of the sixth greatest mass extinction on Earth. When confronted with the reality of this, the question asked by most reasonably minded individuals is, how the hell do we stop this? But that is, all too often, as far as it ever goes, life gets in the way. The systems of existence, <laughs> the necessities and difficulties of earning a living and paying bills, feeding and clothing our children, are all consuming and appear more so, urgent. So, basically, this guy has gone, yeah, it's sad that this tree's been cut down, but let's talk about the real problem here, climate change and how no one <laughs> yeah. cares. We offset these existential crises and challenges to those in charge, those supposedly tasked to do the best for the country, for the world. And what do they do? We live in what purports to be a progressive, civilised and nature-loving nation. That is one of the wealthiest on the planet. And yet we have a government that has just proudly and systematically backtracked on its commitments to meet climate imperatives and torn up its environmental policies and promises. So this is basically a left-wing eco-terrorist. See, here's my problem. I think I might be one of the people... I, I think I care the least about climate change in the entire world. No. I care the least. <laughs> no, I care the least. I genuinely could not give a flying saucer. Like, it's fine. I think it's fine too. We can't backtrack now. I think now. these climate alarmists will jump on any event, no matter what it is, and somehow spin it to make out that we are killing the planet. A tree got cut down, but let's talk about climate change. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so basically he's saying, um, he goes and say the education system has failed the young person who put cut this down. So it's assuming it was the young lad. 
<laughs> oh, yeah, firstly, <laughs> hang on a minute. So he's just assuming it's the young person and the education system has failed him. What? Hang on, what's the the job of the education system here? It's not like the education system sits you down and says you shouldn't cut down trees. No, well, he says here, yeah, I, I grieve deeply for that tree, for that Celtic maple of the wall, <laughs> which has stood there through all the phases of my children's lives, my life, my parents' lives, my grandparents' lives, and further back, even then, the photo- then, then any photograph goes. But I also grieve whoever set out last Wednesday into that storm with a chainsaw. I love <laughs> that there's a storm involved. Know, right? Because we have failed them just as surely as we have failed nature. With whoever it was, couldn't see the beauty and magnificence of that sycamore framed in that ancient fold of hill is down to a long series of cuts that are deeper and more destructive than the actions of any one person. And if you're not asking what I hope might arise from the poor stump, it is change. (laughs) More than a new sculpture, a stone circle or commemorative bench, it is root and branch change. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah a bit dramatic the guy the guy you should I, give that guy an award for that <laughs> I, but one thing that's baffling to me is how all these people are focused on it's been there through my life my child's life my grandparents life so have a lot of other trees so is that tree just down the road from your mum's that's what I'm saying <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand I'm pretty sure like, there's plenty of big trees in the world yeah, there's a lot the... of big trees and considering how old they're describing it as it's not that big no no I think the people are just Hadrian's wall blah 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 symbol you know, the, sentinel, of ta- sentinel of time there's, there's an attachment to this tree that we don't understand yeah. It's just a bunch of pagans. I just... <laughs> it's a tree-hugging pagans is what the issue is here. Right, so there you go. There's a crazy story. Why they're suddenly making it out to be the biggest deal in the world is where my, I get a bit suspect. Yeah, I'm What's a bit confused. So a guy cut down a tree. Also, why are we assuming it was a boy? Hang on a minute. <laughs> sexism. Yeah, the sexism. Were there, why has no female been <laughs> accused <laughs> of this crime? A female could use a chainsaw. You know, I bet there is an article out there somewhere that's talking about this. Yeah, probably on that, like, what was it, Pink News or something that we read from last time? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Something like that. There's got to be, because why are no women getting accused of it? Uh, Sexist, that. This is, yeah, absolutely. Just like the climate alarmists will make this about them, I'm pretty sure the feminists out there are making it about I'm going to make it about me. I could cut down a tree. I'm, if sh- I'm sure you could. And I would have too. <laughs> and I would have too. <laughs> Screw the trees. Screw the trees. Okay, so let's move on. Now, now we've done the light-hearted story, a bit of fun, a bit of something to ease us back in. The one I'm scared of. Yeah, and and I did warn you. You know, I've you left me alone to find the articles this week, and uh, I've leaned dark rather than Ooh. funny. So <laughs> let's get let's let's get serious. I mean, really serious. So this... oh my, I'm seeing glimpses of this, and I'm ugh. <laughs> this. Yeah. But this is the article that I also had saved. You did have this one yourself. I had out. this one saved, but I didn't read it because I thought this is going to be good. Yeah, so this is disgusting for those listening. This is this is a, a, a sure sign that we are living in in hell, basically. Okay, this Something. is like, this guy is the worst of the worst we've discovered, and just in clown true clown world fashion, turns out he's been right in front of us, entertaining us for years, and has been is is in the media and a media man himself. Okay, so let's get on to this. So. Inside Adam Britton's torture chamber where he raped and murdered dogs. I know, right? Now, we're a nation of dog lovers in the UK, aren't we? So this one is particularly cut deep 
to to the to the British. It's like, who could do this to a dog? So let's read on. Warning. Why does our crocodile expert have to be so disgusting? Why couldn't we have had Steve Irwin? Well, he's Australian. Oh, is he? Good. Yeah, it turns out it's, it's, he isn't British, he's Australian. Well, that makes yeah. more sense because I was thinking, why do we have a crocodile Or he's expert? a Brit who moved to Australian. I'm not sure. Should we check? <laughs> Adam Britton. Yeah, a country of origin. Oh. He's British. Oh. Oh no, he was born in West Yorkshire. Oh no. <laughs> oh god. So this is what we export to Australia, is it? Right, yeah. So he's a British zoologist, but he moved to Australia in 1996. Right, but he spent a good 30 years in England first. <laughs> but he was born okay. in Britain. <laughs> Brilliant. So a disgraced crocodile expert filmed himself raping, torturing, and murdering pet dogs oh, God. and uploaded them to the internet because he wanted to create the world's best shock video. Can we just discuss... Hang on. They're clarifying pet dogs here. Yes. So... It, this gets weird. What's right. he doing? Borrowing people's dogs? Well, let's read on. So Adam Britton, 52, sourced dogs on Gumtree, Australia to molest and kill... Oh. In bushland along the Arnhem Highway, at his sprawling home at McInnes Lagoon, and at a neighbouring property in Darwin South between 2020 and 2022. So his reign of terror was for two years during this time. When he was home, he would either kill the animals in the yard or in an old shipping container where he kept his filming equipment. The container, or torture room as he called it, can be seen today inside the fence at the front of the property, close to the road and any passers-by. So it's out. This this kill room was quite easy to see for most people, but no one in the oh, neighbourhood... that's the best way to do it, isn't it? thing is, no one in the neighbourhood knew who this guy was. Right, it's, if it's right in front of you, you don't see it. Yeah, so it says here, you know, his cameras, sex toys, weapons and dog corpses were long gone, but what remained was soiled mattresses, broken bed frames, an empty bottle of Cointreau... Mugs, carpets, playing cards, and various mugs strewn about the floor. Why were there playing cards? I, I don't know. And why did the uh, evidence gatherers not see deemed necessary to take the playing cards but leave everything? <laughs> I don't know. The, the torture room was essentially hidden in plain sight, but not even his wife, Erin Britton, um, which is now Aubrey and she changed her name, obviously, <laughs> after this. Yeah, you would. <laughs> knew about his depraved behaviour. The couple large... Oh, my God. What? I've just realised that he was having sex with dogs. Yes. Was he also actively having sex with his wife? Well, it says here the couple largely lived apart. Yeah, they largely lived apart, but there's got to be some crossover here. Yeah. Do you think she's, like, researching the best way to clean out her insides? It's possible it's maybe in a sexless marriage, which is why he resorted to this. (laughs) I hope for her sake it was a sexless marriage. Uh, Maybe. So it says here, you know, um, she had no idea whatsoever that her husband was actively trying to create a name for himself by making vile content at the home they shared for more than 20 years. Nah, there's no way it was a sexless marriage in the 20 years. And posting it online. But he only started doing this for the last two years, 2020 to 2022. So, something happened. Oh, no, they shared the home for 20 years. Okay, I got it wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, there's a picture of the happy couple, anyway. Oh, poor woman. The poor woman, I know. And that's where he's doing it. And here's the thing. It's pretty messed up, isn't it? It looks like a a torture room, to be honest. It's just a shipping container, but like... It looks filthy, though. And there's his sprawling 
land he just has he just has land because he's rich obviously um, and it, it just makes me think is this what rich people get up to you know you have all this money and all this time and it's like you have all the power in the world it's like what do I do what do I do with all this money and time I know I'll rape dogs and try to become the world's greatest graphic video creator <laughs> do you know what I mean <laughs> is, that, is that what happens like if that's the case then I don't want to be rich because he didn't mm. see like any good did he get so bored he probably got so bored <laughs> he thought you know what in between all these interviews about how to wrangle crocodiles it's kind of like what do I do you know what I mean I earn like I don't know $10,000 per interview and I'm, I'm, I've got nothing to do in the six months between the next one it's like yeah I'll just uh, I'll just go rape some dogs oh so sources say he wanted to become something of a celebrity in the field when he posted one video called one bitch nine pups one bitch nine pups oh dear it's like <laughs> to an abuse website on march 22nd 2022 an abuse website like so one source said he intentionally wanted to be the most known shock video ever he wanted to make the, the greatest shock video ever created i don't think he had to rape dogs to do that well, he posted multiple videos online over the two-year period but one bitch dying pups was his undoing. It was so violent and obscene that furious internet users scoured through the twisted film to find clues to who he was. Oh, right. So he was hiding his identity. Oh, yeah, yeah. So eventually they noticed an orange city of Darwin leash and reported him to the police. His home was raided a month later in April 2022. See, men, they don't think about the details. What was he doing? <laughs> <laughs> maybe part of him deep down wanted, wanted to be, to be cool. caught yeah, yeah. You know I mean? he wanted to be known it's like I, I've created the greatest shock video ever and no one knows it was me <laughs> so maybe he did this to himself well, who knows how the psychopathic mind works you do you have a degree in criminology right but I do <laughs> so but, what do you know what can you tell us about this well what I'm wondering is just besides the point here what I'm wondering is is it the most shock worthy video or does two girls one cup still win <laughs> I think I think two girls. Well, think two about girl, it. Two girls, one cup is 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 a is a classic in the genre. Of, classic of, of shock pornography. Well, this is what I'm saying. I think so it borderlines comedy than shock. It's still traumatizing. But this me. is dogs because at least with two girls, one cup, it's two human beings who consciously consented to know what they were doing with each other. You okay. hope they consented. Have they well, ever been interviewed? Well, maybe I don't know, but. This, this is animals. You know what I mean. Like they literally are are the ultimate victim in this sense. Like they they have no one to defend them. They don't have a voice. See, my you know? thing here is like, I'm always saying this, but if I wanted to commit a crime, I hundred percent. But I shouldn't be saying this on a podcast. <laughs> Maybe not. No, but, but you committed now. So. <laughs> I hundred percent believe I could get away with it because I would think of all the details here, and one silly little thing would not be my undoing. Whereas he has literally got a city of Darwin leash in the video. That's right. You heard it here first, folks. If I die or go missing, you know where to go looking. <laughs> <laughs> you won't find it anyway. This video will be your undoing. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get reported for this. They're going to think I'm actually actively committing crime. No, but here's my thing. It makes me think that maybe he did want to be... Maybe he'd reached the end of his tether doing this. Maybe he was like, he actually knew it was wrong, but he couldn't stop himself. So he, he started hiding these clues. Mm. But then I also think men aren't that smart, so... I also think we shouldn't really be trying to uh, 
humanize this monster. I don't think he has any remorse. Let's I'm not on. humanizing <laughs> him. I'm saying maybe he did want to be cool. No, this is what I mean. That, that's how we would feel as normal human beings. This guy's a monster. I don't think he thinks like that. Well, no. It's more, it's more likely what you said. He's just stupid. Yeah, I, I genuinely <laughs> actually believe that men are just a bit silly. Yeah, he didn't. He, he got too big for his boots. Men do not see the details. <laughs> yeah, he was too proud. He thought he'd get away with it forever. He, he didn't realise. This yeah. is like, right, this is a clear example. Our son, when you point out something for him to get, like you'll be saying, get us the remote, and it's right in front of him, he will look directly at it and not see it. That's the exact same yeah, situation. Walk around the room. Men <laughs> are born with this inability to see stuff. You'll point with your finger to a direction. It's over there, it's over there. And look at the tip of your finger. Like, what yeah. are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> but it's with everyone. I've discovered that this is like an innate thing with men. Like, I don't think it's your fault. You're born like it. You don't see the details. Okay, well, so let's not apply that men are not observant to this this, this pet rapist. <laughs> let's, let's continue to talk about the point here. Okay, so the three-bedroom, three-hectare property... Uh, where he and Erin invited film crews, TV stations, oh. radio hosts, animal experts and friends is now completely abandoned. The crocodile pen, where they kept their exotic pets, including Smog, the movie star crocodile, is empty. And two Swiss shepherd pets, oh. who he also abused, Ursa and Bolt, are nowhere to be seen. There are padlocks on the fence, along with an eerie sign from the Darwin City Council that read, A dog in these premises has been declared a dangerous dog. At McKinn's Lagoon, almost everyone has at least one dog. To hear one relentlessly barking or even crying wouldn't seem too out of place. And that's only if you could hear it above the deafening sound of cicadas. So temperatures during the day rarely drop below 35 degrees Celsius, so people stay indoors, in front of fans and under loud air conditioning units. So no one no one heard any of this. No one heard the yelping of the dogs, even though he was just doing it in his garden, because the houses are so far apart... And it's such a loud neighbourhood. No one, like, this happened for two years and no one had a clue. No one could, no one could just about anything. someone knew? Well, apparently not, because they interviewed some of the uh, the people. It says here... Well, they wouldn't want to be, like... What's the word I'm looking for here? They wouldn't want to be associated with that, would they? I mean, of course I didn't know. It says here, most of Britain's neighbours had never spoke to him during the 20-odd years he'd lived there and couldn't remember his face when prompted with a photo. It was only when key details of the case were mentioned, they sprung to life and said, Oh, you mean the dog effer. <laughs> uh, didn't know him, one neighbour said. Was he local? Must have been a pretty sick sort of guy. Another woman said, She lived on her property only a few doors down from Britain since the mid-1970s and barely knew anyone on the street and rarely went to the local shops. Even at the local shops, the sight of Britain's face and the mention of his name only elicited puzzled expressions. People like him don't go to the shops. <laughs> What's that mean? <laughs> One shop owner said. I guess he was rich. He just he must have got people to bring food to him instead or something. Like I just don't think he... There's a picture of him here wrangling a, a crocodile. Um, here's his sadistic land over, with overgrowth and rot and mould now. Yeah. So, again, no one knew this was going on. Completely under the radar for two years. Um, it says, in some ways, it wasn't surprising the local didn't see him or his wife around the area. Erin, his wife, often worked as a ranger about three and a half hours south of Darwin. And when she wasn't doing that, she was off a month-long international zoology exp- expeditions. She still has expeditions planned today and has apparently cut ties with her husband and dropped his surname. 
You should hope. Bold move. Like, well, that's clever. Wide and wise move. That's what you should be doing. But yeah, Britain also went on these expeditions, frequently visiting places like Antarctica. I'm sorry, there's no way she can't have known. I mean, Surely she must have had like some sort of inkling that something was going on. Because he a... must have just like disappeared all the time to go into this little like... Well, he must have been doing it whenever she was out on her long expeditions. Can he control himself enough to only do it when she's gone? <laughs> well, I don't... Clearly not. <laughs> the thing is, he only had this two-year stint, so it seems like, you know, the thrill of wrangling crocodiles wasn't enough anymore. <laughs> wasn't enough, no. So he had to tussle with some with some Swiss shepherds instead. Oh. I know. But it says here, Documents tendered in Darwin's Supreme Court suggest he made the Valve videos at home before going on these international trips, sending videos to like-minded people oh, using I Telegram. I feel like I'd best check your Telegram group for this. <laughs> My Telegram group is clean. It's wonderful. It's a great place. To some people, I bet it would not be considered clean. <laughs> it is. It's a, it's a great place for like-minded people to share information about conspiracy theories, and that's it. But uh, this, this, this is something else. <laughs> it says here, a number of the home videos were sent from Antarctica, but most were sent from actually mainland Australia. So this guy was sending these videos, even on his business trips, you know what I mean? This is when it was all going back and This forth. is what I'm saying. He couldn't keep away from it, so no. how would she have no idea? It, well, he, clearly beca- he became obsessed with creating the most vile videos possible and becoming more famous for it, basically. There were a few instances where, according to the court documents, he would send a video of himself inflicting torture on a dog one day, and then he'd upload a video of whales in Antarctica on Instagram the next. <laughs> The last photo he posted social media was King Penguins in South Georgia Island. But he was thinking, can I, do you reckon I can get one of these penguins back to my... Uh... <laughs> can I get one of the penguins? <laughs> I wonder what a penguin would be like. During an Arctic and uh, Antarctic expedition two months before his arrest. So, yeah. He got caught. He's been arrested. All the information's come out now. Here's a picture of him with David Attenborough. So this guy is, is not a nobody. Like, he was the expert people would always go to for crocodiles in the media and the BBC and all that sort of stuff. This is who they would go to. Again, <laughs> I will say... So I'm... you've probably seen this guy on TV, you know what I mean? And you just won't realise it. Like, it's probably no, been there no, a few no, times. No, 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 I'm a Steve Irwin type of person. Actually, do you know what? <laughs> Genuinely, I think the last time I ever watched anyone wrangle a crocodile, it was Steve Irwin. <laughs> well, oh, the... no, wait a minute. The last videos I watched was actually his son, Robert, doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a family business, wasn't it? I'm surprised they wouldn't just go straight to the, the Irwins for this type of thing. But clearly, if they couldn't afford the Irwins, they went to this guy instead. They must have. <laughs> Irwins are too busy for him. Yeah. Or maybe they knew. <gasps> oh, no, the dogs. So we just scroll past a picture of the Swiss dogs. Oh, that's a shame. He created an Instagram page for them. Ugh. So he had an Instagram page for his dogs and then was raping his dogs. Well, it says here, right, this is this is how he procured his dogs. Okay, this, this is where it gets really weird. But first, it says, he sent seven videos and 28 photos of dog rape, torture and murder to a group on Telegram under the pseudonym of Cerberus. Wait, can we pause here, right? Was he the one having sex with the dogs? Yes. Or was he just using sex toys? Everything and all in between. Yeah. So Cerberus, his pseudonym is is actually the name of the hound who guards the gates to Hades in Greek mythology. Cerberus. <laughs> so this guy considered himself a gatekeeper of hell. 
symbolically mm, speaking. Makes sense. You know what I mean? And the fact that it was a dog only is just on brand for him, clearly. So he says his account has 114 threads where he described how he acquired the pets and how he abused them. He sent more than 100 videos and photos to other users between 2020 and 2022. Prosecutors told a court on Monday he had a Telegram account which he was used to engage with like-minded people and another which was used to disseminate images and recordings of the abuse. Using these applications, the offender discussed his kill count, Prosecutor Marty um, Orse said. Britain sourced other canines from Gumtree, Australia from unsuspecting owners in the Darwin region. Court documents say he built rapport with the owners and negotiated taking custody of their pets, many of whom reluctantly gave their pets away due to travel or work commitments. We've just scrolled past. On the sidebar, there was someone... No, up near the top. There was someone saying that one of the dogs was theirs. Look, I gave my unwell sister's puppy, Kiki, to dog sex monster, Adam Britton, when she could no longer look after her. He spun a web of lies and raped and killed her. Oh, God. So the... A puppy! So it seems like there are stories coming out now from the victim's... Dog owners, basically, who, you know, sent their dogs to this person, trusting him to look after them when they couldn't anymore. Aww. So this, this guy was playing people like a, a true psychopath, you know what I mean? And it, uh, yeah, it's it's messed up. It's really messed up. It says in one scenario, Britain sent a message to the owners of a large brown dog to reassure them the animal was settling in well. Wolf was relaxed and eating, um, and eating well, enjoying her new home, the message read. Then the prosecutor told the court that he had already been sexually exploited, tortured and killed by that point. Oh. Yeah. Police seized 44 items, including computers, mobile phones, cameras, external hard drives, tools and weapons during a raid of his home. They also found 15 child abuse material files on his laptop. So he was a nonce too. Yeah, well, I find that, like, you can never do one thing without the other. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Like... If you're if you're into child abuse, you're also probably into raping dogs, vice versa. I feel like all this stuff always goes hand in hand. That and it seems like maybe this person had been desensitized himself so much with pornography. That's what I mean. I think that, that he'd you, gone from one thing to another, yeah, and it just got worse. I think when and you worse once you once you go down this route. There's no yeah. coming back. Like, you just go deeper and deeper. He's like, and deeper. normal pornography wasn't enough anymore, so he went to some of the more extreme stuff. Mm-hmm. And then when that wasn't enough anymore, he went to obviously clearly CP. Do you want to know what the worst thing about this is? I'm the type of person that I'll read this. I really want to see it. But I don't want to see it. Do you know what I mean? We're going to have to cut that out. I don't, I don't <laughs> want to see it, but I also feel like I need to see it. The dog videos. Yeah. I need to understand what was actually happening here. Yeah, well, I think we can get a good idea. I personally do not want to see this. Maybe that's your criminology degree coming back. Well, this is what I'm saying. I think it's that. Like, I want to see what was actually happening, even though I don't because I know it will, like, torture me for the rest of my life. But I also have this, like, deep need to see what he was actually doing. Is it, like, unable to look away from a car crash type thing? Yeah. Yeah, it's that human desire not desire what is it it's kind of like it's not a desire because i don't desire to see it it's like a compulsion to, yeah like to... <laughs> it's like you're telling me about something without me being able to see it but i i kind of need to see it now i see just how bad it truly was it's like when someone says don't press the red button 
<laughs> don't watch the dog rape. Yeah. <laughs> now you kind of like, yeah, but what's what's involved here? <sighs> well, I personally don't want to see it. Well, I don't want to see it, yeah. but I feel like well, I need I think, to I think see you just it. Admitted that you do want to see oh, it. I feel like I need <laughs> to know what was what was involved. Well, let's let your imagination run wild instead. I don't want it because <laughs> I'm afraid. I'm afraid my imagination is worse. <laughs> this is one of this. That's part of the problem, actually. Part of the problem is I think my imagination it could potentially be worse. So if you just know, then you can get over his wife. <laughs> Not get over it, but at least I'll... it's just kind of like you know when you've got a song stuck in your head and you just need to listen to it one time just to get it out of your head. I guess. <laughs> Well, this is a this is a dangerous line. I wouldn't cross it if I was you. Okay. I'm gonna cross it. <laughs> anyway, after pleading guilty to all the charges on Monday, Chief Justice Michael Grant warned the gallery of the facts of the offending details. Acts that could not only be described as grotesque cruelty, which are both confronting and distressing. Do you know what's going to happen here? He's going to get more time in prison for raping dogs than people get for raping kids. It's possible. People do really love dogs, and we do know that child sex offenders do often. They get, don't get any time. Get to be released. In fact, I've just <laughs> yeah. seen an article about. Oh, never mind. Maybe maybe we'll do a whole show on that. Okay, on <laughs> just yeah the the, the hip hop. And he just straight up pled guilty. I think once he got caught, it was like yeah, and getting away. I, I'm I'm not pleading out this one. I'd <laughs> always plead. See, this is I'd always plead not guilty. Just is this your criminology degree coming in hand? Well, I'm just, I'm just saying, prove it first. Prove it first. Yeah. Well, either way, I think you. I mean, sure, there's video evidence. But <laughs> I don't think this guy had it. I think he knew the jig was up. By but this wouldn't point. you like right? If you're getting accused of a crime, wouldn't you automatically want to try to be like, no, 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 that wasn't me. This guy, the chief justice, who obviously prosecuted him. He says, you know, the acts could only be described as grotesque cruelty, which are both confronting and distressing. He also says, which in my assessments have the potential to cause nervous shock or some other adverse psychological reaction to a person exposed See, to See, this details. just makes me want to watch it more. <laughs> but it, the guy's warning you here right now. That's what I'm saying. He's saying don't press the red button, so I want to press the red button. <laughs> if you watch this, you might go into nervous shock. It's that bad. Or suffer some serious psychological reactions to witnessing this thing. Like, that's how bad this, this, you know, the Chief Justice described it. I've got to see it. So this guy, maybe the Chief Justice himself must have gone into nervous shock or something from witnessing this, the evidence, basically. Uh, So Britain was charged last year, but his name was suppressed by the courts to ensure media attention would not bias the jury against him. (laughs) The order was lifted after he pleaded guilty this Monday. So the matter is set to return to court on December 13th. Yeah, so he doesn't need a jury anymore. Yeah, that makes sense. It's done now. Yeah, like, they just need to sentence him. Yeah, so let's find out. Put that in our calendar, 13th of December. Let's find out just how I wonder if it's a Friday. You know, does this guy get sentenced? Just how bad is his sentencing going to be? Damn, it's a Wednesday. On a Wednesday. Okay. When I first saw this story, it reminded me of the guy that had sex with cars that was on TV show... It was on Channel 5 back when I was a teenager. And it still traumatises me. I remember that. And I remember it being deadly serious at the time. It was was deadly serious. (laughs) And like he, uh, the film crew came out and he ended up sleeping with one of the... uh, Sleeping. (laughs) One of the cameramen's cars. 
and the cameraman was outraged and made him clean up the mess afterwards. <laughs> How long do you think he kept that car after that had been done to it? I, I, I assume the guy sold it instantaneously, but well, that's in terms of clown world stuff. Imagine if he sold that car, right, and then the guy that bought that car off him was sat with his cup of tea on, on the sofa watching Channel 5 one night to realise that that guy <laughs> had sex in the car he bought. That's my car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. See, I mean, that's worse than having previous owners, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Like, ugh. You take any previous owner over that. Yeah, I mean, the service history's got nothing on that kind of, <laughs> on that kind of history, on the body count history, has it? Like, <laughs> the body count history. <laughs> anyway, wrapping up this this talk about... Uh, uh, see, this is why you shouldn't just leave me alone to get the articles, because it's got dark, it's got very dark. Yeah, I don't like um, it. And uh, I guess this is a sign that we are truly in a, in a in a mad, insane world. And this is the kind of stories that are coming out these days, that celebrities who are on our TV on a regular basis... Are, are secretly behind doors. Have you ever heard of him, though? He's one of those people that you, you wouldn't know his name or anything, but I'm looking at it and I've seen images of him. I recognise him. And it's not like I recognise him because I follow his career or anything, but I know I've seen him on TV at some point before. But he looks like he could have been on a gardening show. Well, this is, but I know, I know I've seen In him In fact, that picture before. actually makes him look like the guy that's on the gardening show. <laughs> what, Alan Titchmarsh? Alan Titchmarsh, <laughs> he yeah. He does look a bit like Alan Titchmarsh. <laughs> Kind of, yeah. I see what you're saying. Like there. a little bit. Yeah, but this this is the thing. Like these these people are 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 there in our face on a daily basis, and you just have no idea. This is like a Jimmy Savile situation all over again. Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and here he is with David Attenborough as well. It's like the guilt by association. Now I've got to wonder what David Attenborough's up to behind closed doors. See, I always <laughs> wonder what a lot of these people are up to because I I don't trust them. Yeah, well, like I said, wherever the point's in the camera, you should be weary, basically. But uh, if, I don't know what the uh, if there's a lesson to be learned here. Maybe uh, when you have too much money and too much spare time and too much land, uh, it can it, idle hands are the devil's play thing. Is that oh. the phrase I'm looking for? <laughs> you know, it, you've got to be careful. Not dogs. No, why dogs as well? Dogs. What have dogs ever done to anybody? Is this podcast just going to be us loving dogs? The last episode was about <laughs> Bluey, a dog. And now we're on about actual <laughs> real dogs. Yeah, but I mean, look, dogs are man's best friend. Dogs love us. Oh. They trust us implicitly, don't they? Like, they're, they're, we can't abuse that trust. And if you abuse that trust, then you deserve to be locked up for life. And I'm hoping that's what the sentence this guy gets is. So in conclusion, I hope whatever prison this guy ends up into, I hope the prisoners find out what he did. I can't believe we've gone from the murder of a tree <laughs> to the rape and murder of dogs in one episode. That's just the crazy places we go here on Tales Under the Big Top. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> the next time, hopefully, you can go up with something a bit more lighthearted because clearly, I, I, yeah, I clearly, <laughs> clearly, I need to rein back the control here. <laughs> I can't be trusted to get no. the articles. <laughs> Lesson learned. But what we have learned and what we discussed, um, which you guys didn't hear because we paused it, we have the power to do that. We discussed uh, our next episodes might have a little bit of a theme. Yeah, just a couple because there are a lot of articles coming out about certain things. They are. I think we might do one about our our National Health Service and there's some pretty crazy stuff happening there right now and has been happening there for the past decade, I would say, yeah. which I think we could do a full show on. We'd probably need like three hours on that thing. Yeah, well, let's, let's try one hour first. I'm sure our <laughs> audience would love it. Um, our British listeners might appreciate this one as well. Yeah, so a bit, a bit more. closer to home, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. 
And uh, what's the other one? We're going to do a clown episode. A clown episode. Mm, there's always some news about clowns happening. This is all my fault too, this all one. All the time. I know, this isn't for me. I'm the clown guy. And this isn't even my suggestion. This is <laughs> this is my no, wife's suggestion. it's my fault. <laughs> but we have a lot of articles, don't we, of mm-hmm. clown-related I went shenanigans. Down, I think I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole Yeah. on the clown situation. Yeah. It seems that there are a lot of people alive today who who like to dress like clowns doing really messed up stuff i don't i don't get it <laughs> no, neither do i well i do actually if you want to hear more about the clown stuff go over to my channel at understanding conspiracy there's plenty of uh content there discussing the link between the clowns and demons and uh, of course if you want to find some more light-hearted wholesome content you can go to my wife's channel at keely marie simpson <laughs> Yeah, if you don't want to question, if you don't want to question the world world around you, go to my channel. If you do want to question the world around you, go to his channel. That's correct, and that's probably a good way to round off this episode. And we'll be back maybe in a week, maybe two weeks, with another episode of Tales Under the Big Top.